you there. Well, morning, everyone. Good morning. Wow. How are you guys? It's so good for us to respond and say to the Lord, Yes, Lord, we want the, what was it, double portion more? Double, triple. I, listen, do you think if when God gives a word, it's going to be a word that's going to be good or it's going to be like bad? So do I need to know what exactly double, portion, double triple means? I don't really need to know. Now I can assume a whole lot of stuff and I can sense what God's saying or whatever the case may be, but it doesn't really matter. If God gives a word of double, triple, then listen, if it means I'm going to have double, triple, I don't know, healings, I'll take it. If it means I'm going to have double, triple good-lookingness, I'll take it. Whatever God's going to do for me, I'll take it because I really need as much as I can. Okay, but I, but I want from God whatever God's got for me, right? I trust Him. He's a good God. Correct. You keep on getting better. You keep on getting better. Big makes noise. Keep on getting better. <laughs> I don't know. I can't do it really. Okay, I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> but we, but you know, the more we we with God, it keeps on getting better to us because double, triple. So why don't you hold that? Why don't you, why don't you say yes, Lord? As a, as a community of believers here at Resting Place, we receive the double, triple. Just say to God, begin to where you are now. You begin to say to the Lord, say yes, I want the double, triple, Lord. Yes, Lord, I want the double, triple. Shaba, release it completely. Shaba, double, triple, more, Lord. Shaba, more, Lord. Double, triple. Ha, shaba. Ha. Okay, I want, to, I want to do something. You can keep receiving this, by the way. It doesn't matter if I'm talking. Listen, I want to, I want to begin to just begin to teach some stuff in, in this place. It's very easy for us when, we, when we're in a space where we're comfortable and all that kind of thing. But I almost want to teach you to begin to receive in the uncomfortable. When everything is going like a year, so that's the South Africa where that means really cool. And every, everyone's, yeah, okay, when everything's going on, everyone's like, yeah, it's easy. In the ebbs, drink. You see, I want to be able to drink in the, as Sam calls it now, the ebbs. I want to know my Lord in all areas. I want to be able to experience Him, encounter Him, in all areas. I don't want to just encounter him in the one-offs. The one-offs are like the cherries on the cake. They're great. And they catapult you forward. Or they bring a fresh revelation. Or they do whatever God wants to do at that moment. But we are called to be transformed into his likeness. Okay. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> it's like I knew I could. I knew I could. I knew I could. <laughs> and I just heard it, and I was like, "Wow!" I can't even do it again. It's like the Chuku train of the Lord is coming. You know that little train that I know I can. I know I can. Okay, we can. In Jesus, we can. Come on. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty whack. And I'm still holding back. I'm still holding back because I don't have my green card yet. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is where the traditional, the people, the, the, not the people, but the traditional spirits in the place have to leave. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and was <laughs> Shaba. When, yeah, exactly. When, uh, oh man, I'm telling you, I got some good news for you this morning. Some really good news for you this morning. And, uh, oh, man, I just want to have, I just, tell me, who, who, I just want to hear from somebody. What are you sensing? Give me, someone just give me something you feel you're really sensing from Holy Spirit. You don't have to be right or wrong. We're just giving it a shot here. Yes. Mario. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Joy, joy. You know what God told me this morning? Joy. You said it, you said it, and you said it. You think God's onto something? Or we're we just imagining it? No. The Bible says, what, what is the testimony of how many? Thank you. Three. Oh. Now we're starting to go, what on earth is going on, Lord Jesus? Shaba. Completeness. Thank you. I personally find it easier to run the bad one than to the ebb. <laughs> you know what? It's harder for me to stay focused on God when things are going easy. You know what? Bless you. That's good. I love that. Because you know what, man? There's, the joy of the Lord is not dependent on circumstances. Otherwise, it would mean God is changing. I don't mean I don't mean moving. I don't mean the kingdom is advancing. I mean, otherwise his very character would be changing. If his character changed, we'd have an unreliable God and we'll never be able to feel safe. Is that making sense to you? Therefore, we are actually our inheritance is to be able to walk in the joy of the Lord all the time. It's part of, and I'm not saying this is the inheritance, I'm saying it's part of the beauty of God. And I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanted you guys to know this morning that God has got an incredible uh, message of blessing for you this morning. And so today I'm going to speak of one of the Beatitudes. And the word Beatitude is actually from the word blessing. It means blessing. That is why when you read the Beatitudes, it says, Blessed is, blessed are, blessed is. Because the word Beatitude means blessing. It's in, in Matthew 5, from verse 8, if you want to go there in your Bible. And so that's very important for us to know, that I really sensed this week, as God was speaking to me face to face, um, <laughs> You know, I, I, I say that in jest because there's an inside joke there. But, but let me just take you somewhere. What is that on the wall? In the context of that scripture, what does face mean? Thank you. Presence is what that... When the Hebrews and the Israelites always used to speak about it, Jesus included, when he said the face, when Moses spoke about the face, it was always a, a word that was used for presence. So therefore, when I'm in God's presence, I'm in it with Him face to face. 
That's why an encounter with the Lord is so important. So why don't you go to there quickly, and I want to just start with this amazing, I really believe in today's world, you know, I've heard, um, uh, there's something in my spirit, and just bear with me here, because I don't want to just shift some stuff, but I'll, I'll just bear with me. Uh, my spirit, in a sense, was grieved this week in the presence of God about how uh, the, the church and Christians themselves have forgotten uh, uh, this, this amazing uh, inheritance of ours to see God. And so we've forgotten to see Him. And so if you can't see God, you cannot discern the presence of the enemy or the presence of God. Let me take you to the scripture to explain that. So go to um, Matthew 5 verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Now I'm going to begin to unload just that one little portion of Scripture for you in a second. But I want you to know that in today's world, discernment and seeing God and knowing God and beginning, having a firm foundation is more important than ever. Okay, let's move into this. I want to look at the Scripture. Purity and seeing in this Scripture in Matthew 5 verse 8 are connected somehow. The pure in heart see God. In my opinion, there are three things that are majorly important in the scripture. One, blessed. The word blessed is one major aspect of this little portion of scripture. The second one is pure in heart. And the third one is you will see God. And I want to deal with it from two places this morning. What does it mean to have a pure heart? And two, what is the blessedness of seeing God? Is that exciting you? You should be very excited. Because I was so excited this week as well. While I had a half of my spirit in some portions grieving. Because I was like, what? Lord, how? And anyway, that's me personally. And then secondly, I found the majesty of Jesus Christ. Jesus has accomplished so much on the cross for us. That we fail to even understand the depth of what it is. Or I do. Sorry, let me not put you in that category. I even fail to understand the depth of what he has won for me. So let me dive into that and then we'll begin to see how this be attitude, meaning blessing, means one of the, I've heard one person say, it's the attitudes we need to be. Okay, be attitudes. But that word means blessing. So guess what? When I have the right attitudes in my life, I begin to walk in the blessings. Oh, I need some good be attitudes. I don't have great be attitudes all the time, man. I don't. But Jesus does. So listen to this. What does it mean to have a pure heart? Well, in the context of this scripture, in the context of this scripture, the word pure is the word katharos. And that word means to be clean or free from the influence of sin. The, the heart in that scripture, so I'm dealing now with pure of heart. That's what I'm dealing with in the scripture. The heart in that scripture is the word cardia. Very simple. And it, here is meant, it's figurative. You see, oftentimes when we read scripture, we get these things messed up. <laughs> because we don't know that sometimes the writing is poetic. We don't always know that sometimes the writing is figurative. We don't know sometimes the writing is metaphorical. We, we, and we don't discern all these things, and so sometimes we, we take them for face value just like they are, and we miss the depth of what was actually being taught there by Jesus. 
Okay, so let's go in this. The word cardia here is meant figuratively and means our desire or things that make us tick. It means the place where our thoughts and our feelings are established. God wants you to get a fresh vision of Him this morning. God wants you to get a fresh vision of Him for your life. Listen, do you want, do you want a, a, a defense against fear, anxiety, and the problems of this world? Fear is a massive one at the moment. Anxiety is a big one for most people for years now. But it's been ramped up somehow. Because there's a whole lot of people in the shadows speaking lies. And we lap it up because it sounds good. But it doesn't carry the nature of Christ. <laughs> and I, as a, as a pastor who loves you, does not want anyone to come through the side or jump over the fence and steal and kill and destroy, like it says in John 10.10. 10. I want you to know life and life to the fuller, which is what Jesus is all about. And the key to it all is understanding the scriptures well and knowing the nature, the purposes, and the plans of God. If you don't know the nature of God, it doesn't mean anything. In other words, when our desires, our thoughts, and our feelings, and our choices are made clean, we begin to see God. And it is imperative that we see God, and I'll tell you in a second why. Listen to this. How is it possible to, be in, to have the influence of sin not influence us anymore? How is our heart, our thoughts, our feelings, and our emotions, all those faculties of, of who we are, how are those things, how is the influence of sin removed from us? Through purity. What does purity mean? I've just told you. Influence of sin is gone. Cleanliness. How is that possible? Well, it's only possible through Christ. And Christ crucified. It is not possible by how much I try. I've done this. And I'm going to reiterate this a few more times. And then I'll, I'll try not to do it as much. I'll maybe do it once in every like four weeks or something. But I have tried to clean my life up. I cannot. This is the good news of the gospel for you. It is Jesus Christ and the finished work of Christ on the cross that tore the veil so that we can go into the Holy of Holies that we may see. It is, the, it is this Jesus who saved us on the cross that said, I've removed the penalty of sin. I've come and I've cleansed you from your sins. I've paid the price that you were too weak to pay. And until we say, yes, Lord, purify me, you're not going to get there. You'll just get tired and burnt out. It is the cross of Christ when Jesus died. He dismantled the works of the enemy. He went in there where, where it is in, in hell or wherever that was. And he, he, he looked at the enemy and said, ha ha. And the enemy went poof. It is Jesus Christ who sets us free. Oh, let, me, let me move on. I've done a lot of that teaching. Hebrews 12 verse 14 says this. Make every effort to live in peace and everyone to be holy. Part B, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Holiness is key, just as it speaks here, in purity. Holiness is key to seeing the Lord. But I can't make me holy. Only Jesus can make me holy. And so I need to learn to trust and rely on Jesus. I don't care how good the story sounds. If it creates anxiety and fear in you, it's not God. 
Because it's not in His nature. God is good. God is kind. God is saving. God is righteous. God is powerful. The point is, that unless it carries the heart of Jesus in it, reject it. Thank you. Hey, Rodney. Hey! Yeah. Point is, man, I, I, I want to be ignited with a passion for the cross of Christ again. I'm telling you now, if there's a season coming, it is a season for holiness. It's a season for reliance on God. And listen, don't come to me and tell me, and I'm going to do this tonight, today. Don't come to me and tell me, it's like, oh, I don't have to do anything. Like, oh, sorry, let me just change that. I'm going to clarify that a bit. Oh, I don't have to act anywhere. I'm, I'm saved by holiness, by, by Jesus. No! Your works don't save you, but your works proved you're saved. Read your Bible. I'm not making this up. I begin to look, smell, taste like Jesus to the world. I begin to share a message of love. I don't care how, what you're fighting for. I don't care if you're fighting for, for the healing of the nations, but you don't do it out of love. You're not doing it for Jesus. Paul very clearly in the Bible says, you can perform miracle signs and wonders, but if you have not love, you're a resounding gong. And I don't want to be that. And I say, Jesus, make me more like you. Purify me, come and clean me from my, uh, you know, and, and the fruits of the Spirit begin to be displayed in your life, guys. It's not looking for perfection. Listen, the journey of Christianity is not about perfection. It's a, it, it may be about excellence. Because holiness means to be set apart. Excellence means to be outstanding. <laughs> Otherwise, those two words wouldn't exist in the dictionary. Otherwise, it would have the same word for both definitions. But they're not. Perfection is without flaws. We will not be without flaws on this side of heaven. But we can be outstanding. In Jesus. There's nothing wrong with that. And we need to allow Jesus to begin to transform us that way. The pure in heart shall do what? See Him. How am I made pure? Jesus. What does that mean for my life? I rest. And what does rest mean? I trust that Jesus is doing things in me that I cannot do. I begin to sit on Him and I say, Jesus, I'm this flawed, broken, young Oh, uh, wait, not young anymore. Middle-aged man. <laughs> and I sit on your... Oh, yeah, yeah. Some of you are laughing. Okay, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Okay, uh, but I, uh, I don't have you on my head, so I've got to like, do something else. <laughs> Let me not go there. I'm getting distracted. I sit on his lap and I say, Jesus, I need you. Come and transform me. Then guess what the main job of Holy Spirit is? And I don't mean to offend anyone here. And if I do offend you... I ask forgiveness. This is not my intention. My intention is to see you win in this world because you've encountered Jesus. Are you awake? Are you with me? (laughs) My primary purpose as a Christian is not so that I can get things that I want. It's not so that I can feel better about my life. It's not for what I can get out of it. My primary purpose as a Christian is to worship the Lord. Primary. Number one. That doesn't say the other things aren't necessary. It means it's not the foundation. Everything else, great worship team, good teaching, uh, 
fuzzy feelings. That's cherries on the cake that pushed me forward, that helped me to connect with his nature. But it does not transform you. What transforms you is an every single moment-by-moment -moment encounter with him. Every single day I need to walk in Christ. In Christ means to rest in Him. It means to trust Him. It means to say, Jesus, You are the one that sustains me. You're the one that energizes me. You're the one that leads me. Holy Spirit, leads me. You're the one that takes me with you. Okay, let's move to the second part. L let me just... So you're going to say to me, well, Sheldon, and I'm just going to give you one scripture. I'm not going to give you the, the other one in the New Testament. I'm just going to give you one example because I'm running out of time. How do I know that Jesus is doing this in me? Listen to this, Psalm 51 verse 10. And this is in the context of, of David uh, and sin, right? But just follow, just follow how David understood this whole concept. Listen to this. Create in me a pure heart. Oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. What is he saying here? He's acknowledging the fact that he can't do it. He says, Lord, you create in me a pure heart. Do you see how he understood that? Create in me a pure heart. You come and transform me. Let me rely and trust on the work of the cross. When I rely on Jesus' work on the cross and understand he paid for my sin, and I understand that he's for me and not against me, he's not a nasty man in the sky trying to condemn me, but rather he's drawing me into his goodness and his love. When I understand that and I sit and I rest in him, right? My, it's almost like I'm activating my faith in him. And it's like he honors that because that's the way he set it up. Is this making sense to you? Therefore, he transforms. So let's look at the next one. I like this one. The blessedness of seeing God. So let's look. The word blessed here, in all that, you know, whenever it's talking about John, uh, Matthew 5, verse 8, when it says, blessed is the meek, blessed, blessed are the, this one's blessed are, is the, are the pure in heart. The word blessed here is from the word makaroi, and it means happy, fortunate, and well off. Matthew 5, verse 8 is basically saying this. When we begin to trust in Jesus and we begin to allow Jesus to transform us, we begin to be people that are happy and well off. People that do well. In Christ. It is separate. It is separate from how I feel or what's going on in my circumstances. Otherwise, Jesus is unreliable. And he's not. So when Jesus is saying, blessed are the pure in heart, I've just explained to you what pure in heart is, right? When Jesus says blessed, he's saying, ah, when you're pure in heart, you're well off. You're doing well. He, he's saying, the rest of that description is happy, fortunate. There's nothing like when I learn to surrender to Jesus in a situation. I go through a situation, it's a very difficult situation for me. There's nothing like when I surrender to him and I say, oh Lord, I'm at, the, at my wit's end. I cannot go any further. And then his grace comes and he floods me. And suddenly that situation looks stupid to me. Because now I've soared to where the eagles are. There's a scripture about that. I've gone to where the eagles are and I'm now getting God's perspective on it. Not mine. And then it starts looking silly. Because my perspective has shifted to one of a good God 
that has good plans for me, that wants me to be well off, and wants me to be happy. Joy is a bi- uh, uh, happiness is a byproduct of joy. Joy is the unshakable one. But it's only found in Jesus. Is this, is this helping you? Okay, Jesus is the key to seeing God. I want you to look at the scripture one more time, where it says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. For me, the emphasis here is seeing God. Everyone always talks about the pure heart. And that is completely the key. But the key is trying to get you to God. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father, but through me. Now the key is this. Jesus will always be the key. But Jesus himself was pointing to the Father. He wants to get us to the Father heart of God, where we stop trying to perform, where we stop trying to get everything right so that, listen, take it from someone who has been very good at performing as a young, as a young man. Performing just tires you out. And it makes you upset with God in the long run. Because I'm like, man, God's asking me to do stuff that's impossible. Of course he's asking you to do stuff impossible. It's impossible to be a Christian. If you try to do it in your own strength. But what does Philippians 4.13 say? Say it louder. There you go. Yeah? There you go. You see, now listen. It's great to have that knowledge, okay, in my head. But until I encounter the God from whence the knowledge comes from, and until I allow Holy Spirit to bring the revelation in me, that knowledge only stays in my head. It's not bad to have the knowledge in your head. Let's not, because the Bible says our mind needs to be renewed. So let's not shoot that down. But <laughs> it's not, it's, it's, I, I keep saying this and, and I'm going to explain this at one point in time in a much better way because I'm researching it a bit better and I'm allowing God to form it in my heart. But the point of it is this, spirit and word are one. The scriptures are God breathed. That is the spirit breathed. So we have to have the combination of those things working. But I can't do that. I have to trust Jesus to take the sin out of me, sanctify me, set me apart. Holiness. It is the work of God. Then I need to understand it's God's intention because He wants to bless me. Now, how many of us sitting in this room or standing, in, case, in my case, in this room today, we've had so many disappointments and hurts and so much going on in the world today, we don't think God is blessing us anymore. Because my definition of blessing and God's definition of blessing is sometimes at loggerheads. It is only when you surrender your whole life to Christ that you begin to pick up His mind and His heart. Allow God to have His way in you this morning. Allow, say to God, I want you to have your way in me. I only see through a dim, the Bible says I only see in part. I see dimly. But God's not dim. God doesn't see dimly. 
Therefore, I come and I thrust my whole being onto Jesus. I say, I trust you to transform me. I trust you to make me holy. I trust you to change my actions, my thoughts, my feelings. And as you do that, I begin to be a person who's well off, blessed. (laughs) And then I want to get to the crux of today. The word see in this scripture is the Greek word horeo. And it means to properly see or to discern spiritually. The pure in heart, the ones who rely on Jesus, the God of love, the God of holiness, the God of grace, the God of power, the God of justice. You see... We often, the Bible says in John 4, 23, it says, Worship the Lord God in spirit and in truth. Listen to that. The true worshippers of God worship Him in spirit and truth. My revelation of truth comes through two means. Scripture, the Bible, And an encounter with a living God that brings revelation to my heart and to my mind. Awesome. Bless them, Lord. Let them have fun. (laughs) You know, guys, what I want to say, we need to be, we need to say, yes, Lord, I want to see you. Now, in today's world, I'm going to end now in a few minutes with what I began with. I feel like the Father wants to increase your vision of Jesus. Listen to me again. I feel like the Father wants to increase your vision of Jesus so that you may see the Father clearer. Let me say that again. The Father wants to increase your revelation of Jesus so that your vision of the Father is clearer. Why? Because God loves you and God wants you to be well off. But He wants you to be blessed in the way that He knows is right for you. It is only when I learn to let go of my rights that God begins to put His in me. Because there's... I've said this once before in a group of people. I said to them, Can God do anything? And everyone was like, yes, God can do anything. I was like, no, he can't. It's like, what? I said, no, he can't. He can't lie. He can't cheat. He can't steal. He can't destroy himself. God can't do anything. He can do all things. There's a difference. I'm not going to get into that today. But do you see what I'm saying? I want the heart and the mind of Christ so that I may spiritually discern truth so that in this world when I face fear, things that bring me fear. And I want to say this quickly. A lot of people, I always want to call it reverse fear. A lot of Christians think they're doing good things. But they're actually in disguised fear. 
The enemy is more tricky than you think. Do you think he's going to do something that you can figure out? No. He's not. I almost want to guarantee you of that. I want to write a letter to you now with a $10 note in and say, when you get that revelation, come talk to me. The enemy is more tricky than you. He's been around a lot longer than you. But Jesus is above that. That's the good news. Therefore, I need to have the heart and mind of Christ so that I can discern. You see what it means to truly see is to spiritually discern. An encounter with God helps us to spiritually discern. Is that helpful? A pure heart, which can only be found on the foundation of Christ, helps me to spiritually discern. You can't tell me that you only hear one thing from God all the time. Bless you. You can't tell me only see one, you can't tell me, oh, God only, God only talks to me about one thing. You can't. It's an impossibility. I hear what you're trying to say. You're trying to say this is the major theme for my, I get that. But you can't tell me that. Why? Is God's kingdom always advancing or does it stand still? Does the Bible say I move from glory to glory or does it say I stand still? Glory to glory. Therefore, I have to be growing in revelation of Jesus. If I'm staying in one spot and I'm not growing in revelation, then all I'm going to do is just stay in that one spot. And that's great, but after a while, the river is somewhere else. <laughs> Does that help? Is it helpful? Am I speaking some truth at least, Rodney? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. In the world today, there's no, nothing more than seeing God that's so important. There's nothing more than encounter of God. There's nothing more than Scripture being revealed to my mind and my heart. More than I've ever had. So that I can have a fresh encounter of Him. Because if I can't spiritually discern... The enemy attacks me and breaks me down. Because his job is to steal, kill, and destroy you. He's not playing a game with us. He doesn't want to come saying like, Oh, cool, let's play some soccer today. Let's play some uh, football. No. But in Jesus Christ, we can be assured that we are safe. When my heart is pure and, and rested in Jesus Christ, I'm safe. Can I, can, I just help, can I just throw some stuff out this morning? I feel like I just want to throw it out there. If anyone's afraid, listen to me. If you have fear, what does the Bible say is the antidote of fear? Say it. Who said that? Did you say it? That's great. Say it, please. Thank you. Perfect what casts out fear? <laughs> Who is perfect love? Thank you. It is that that casts out fear. The only reason you can have faith is because you have love. <laughs> can you see how I need to encounter this God? Every day. every day. Listen, no, not every... Thank you. Every second. Listen, I'm not looking for the crescendos on a Sunday morning. Listen, if, if you think building a fellowship is... If you think a Sunday morning is a crescendo, is like the top of your... It's not. But... Uh, exactly. But I was going to the next point. Thank you very much. But so good. But, the, but let me say this also. But let's, let me just dispel some 
don't know where it comes from. I just want to kick those things out. Let me dispel some stuff for you quickly. Jesus himself condoned fellowship. He himself was in fellowship for at least 30 years of his life. And in the three years that he, his ministry was, he walked around in fellowship as well. <laughs> so now people are like, oh, yo, you go. No, 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 that's Jesus. The other thing is don't say, oh, yeah, um, but you know, I don't need to uh, have a devotional lifestyle or, <laughs> like, this is terrible because I hate saying these kind of things, but I just have to, okay? So just bear with me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't need a devotional lifestyle, a personal devotional lifestyle. I don't need a personal devotional lifestyle because, you know, I don't need to, uh, uh, you know, re read the Bible or anything like that. No, what did Jesus do for the first 30 years of his life? Where did the parents find him when he was a child? Say, say it louder. In the temple. What was he doing? Studying. <laughs> because in those days, right? Tell me, you'll know this, uh, Abby, because you've done some of the more like Hebrew, Hebraic stuff. But what happened was, there was the learned people in the temple. And, G, and most of the time in those times, and, 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 th and by the way, the word synagogue means assembly. Okay? Anyway, thank you. So, in the, so Jesus was in the temple, the temple set up. Right? He was in there studying the word from learned people. <laughs> and he was God. And then the second thing I want to tell you. Don't tell me you can't do what Jesus can do. Because Jesus himself said, it is the Holy Spirit in me. Jesus was fully man, but fully God. The fully man part of him accomplished all the miracles, signs, and wonders through the Holy Spirit. It wasn't because he was divine. <laughs> oh. I'm knocking you now, hey, a little bit. I I'm not trying to. Uh, what I want, what, I, what I'm, I'm encouraging you is that God wants you to take your vision from here and He wants to elevate your vision to here of Him. Because the more we can see God, the more it is, it's easier it is for me to discern the enemy's works. When I'm in Jesus, purity, all that kind of thing, I begin to see God, and He wants me to be blessed. And the more I see God, the more I'm blessed. Because it's His nature, His purposes, and His plans that get formed in me. And I'm going to end with this in two minutes. Two more minutes. Two more minutes. This is foundational. I'm going to say something now, with, and, I'm, and, and while I say something, I'm not going to be saying anything. So just bear with me for a second. Please do not be, don't fear the end of the world. Please don't fear you won't, you'll be hungry. Please don't fear all these things. The reason I'm telling you this, and I'm, now I'm pastoring, okay? The reason I'm telling you this is because there's no fear in Jesus. Jesus can sustain you. And a whole lot of these people walking around saying like, oh yeah, the 666 masterpiece is going to be on your head and you know, all these things that are coming out. I'm like, listen, the number 666 means the number of man. So let's clear this up quickly. The number of man. It is an imperfect number because the number 777 is the holy number. The real danger is if I turn my back on Christ. That's the danger. 
Not whether I have a number on my side here or a number on my forehead, a number on my ID card. Who cares? I don't give a stuff about that. It's not, not important to me. Because that represents something. It's not a literal thing of like, yeah, it may be, who knows. But it, that's not what that meaning is of that. The meaning of that means is that you'll turn from Christ. You'll become an imperfect man because you've abandoned Jesus Christ. It's for the people who are going to abandon Christ. So don't fear it. If you're not going to abandon Christ, you're good. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness, and what? All these things will be added unto thee. What things? Food, shelter, clothing. He says, he says, look at the flowers in the fields. Look at their splendor. Not even Solomon has been arrayed with a splendor. And aren't you more important than them? Why is this word going over our heads? Here's truth for you. Take it. Say, yes, I'm full of joy because my God is alive. Say, yes, elevate my vision to a vision of godliness that this world can't understand. Holiness means to be set apart. What did it mean even in the Israel, Israel's day? It means to be set apart from the people that they were in with. That means that people, when they encounter us, see God. I don't throw up the rhetoric of this world. It means nothing to me. It's stupid. I've met the king of this world, and he sucks. Am I stirring you up? Ah, yeah. oh, let me end with that. So here's what I want to say again. Allow Jesus to begin to give you a new vision this morning. Press in Him. Say to Him, Jesus, man, if I have to lay on this carpet for three hours, I'm going to lay here until I get a fresh vision. Allow Jesus to elevate you from where you are to there. Press in. Say, Jesus, allow, I, I, I trust you to change me.